Hello everybody, this is Sanji with Designed by Three Podcast. Uh, today with me, I have my usual friend, Harshan and the Stinky Sock. How are you guys? How are you? Hi, the most hi, difficult Gandhi. question. Hi, Stinky. Mm-hmm. How are you? How are you? How are you? How do you respond to how are all you? All good, all good. That's the most difficult question in the world. Just say how are you, how are you, how are you. Oh, you can, you and can, good, you can good. give a, like, a real <laughs> answer. Like, okay, I am doing really bad today. I had a, like a really horrible meeting in the morning. Then after that, I had... <laughs> more horrible meetings followed by more the horrible current. meetings. I think it's about the movement, the the exact movement that you are in. Mm. The moment. moment. Is that oh. the answer to how are you? Excited? Yeah, I think it's a lie. So today we are going to talk about feelings. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Feelings. <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> Feeling so I, what? I have a question for all the listeners. Sorry, listeners cannot thing. answer they, right now. They can answer on the, <laughs> on yeah, maybe on Twitter. Because it's yeah. the only place that we are on in mm. social media. You can follow us on uh, on Twitter, and that yep. is the uh, designed by three, right? Yeah, <laughs> the yes. Yeah, so special. you can send us messages. Yeah, so the question for the listeners is: Are you working in a design-driven team, or are you working in a design-driven company? Are so you waiting for if the? If I listeners? ask a question from you two, <laughs> 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 if I ask a question from you two. Mm-hmm. Maybe you have an answer in mind, but you, I don't want you to uh, reveal it now. So, uh, I have been thinking about this um, design, design-driven nature of teams and companies. And uh, I really couldn't understand what this exactly means. Is it like having a CEO from a design background? Or is it uh, having the... Uh, I mean, as, as we have understood, like all the companies have a hierarchy, even though they call themselves flat hierarchies, it's still, it's still a hierarchy. So, is it about having these designers in the top ranks in the organization? Or mm. What is it? What is the exact meaning of a design-driven culture or design-driven company or a team? Um, yeah, if I answer that, I think it's about uh, not, I mean, it's not about whether you have designers in the leadership. I think it's about uh, uh, in in the company's culture, how do you treat design? Like if you treat design, uh, like if you give the same importance that uh, you give to engineering. Um, now, because I think like if you take software companies, you you think that engineering or the programming or like coding is the blood life blood of that company, right? And I think if you treat design also uh, the same or maybe maybe more than that and have a culture like that, I think that's a design-driven company. Yeah, but as, as we have been discussing in this podcast as well, we have been treating or we have been considering design as a series of experiments. Mm. So uh, we uh, build a hypothesis and then we uh, validate the hypothesis and that is the process of design that we have been talking about or we have been practicing. Mm. So recently I have been reading this book uh, or the uh, biography of um, Steve Jobs. Good. And in that, Steve Jobs is very obsessed with uh, design. So he's he's the leader of the company and he's obsessed with design. But as I read through what he's been doing and how, how how, how perfectionist he was, how a perfectionist he was, Mm. I couldn't really 
say that Apple is a design-driven company because they are not. They, I mean, at least in the beginning, mm-hmm. they were not experimenting. They were not building hypotheses and validating them. They, they were just building something and uh, trying to perfect it to the point where Steve Jobs mm. is happy. Mm. So then, is it? Is it <laughs> <laughs> really Very interesting. Company, like. Yeah, that's. I mean, I, yeah. That when you look at his all his work and uh, how he's portrayed himself and all the memoria and everything biographies, it's like he's the person, right? He's the guy who designed everything. Mm. Like he's contributed. He has contributed a lot. Uh, he has a lot of patents, and he's like a god, a design guru. Yeah. And so there's no like like you said, we haven't seen. Uh, experimentation, but I think yeah. behind the scene, I think all these things are like you know trying to make these people like very huge personalities. I think behind those they have a process, so they go through that process, and there's a leader who is obsessed with design and who will make make sure. But but maybe he was maybe he was a he was a god. <laughs> We don't know, but I think there is a process behind that. I think there is some learning and you know testing and prototyping, even though you don't see that. Yeah, true. So yes, it. Uh, mm. So if you are working with a team, so let's say you have you are working with uh, um, a software organization with with mm. a team with a small mm-hmm. team. So what are the factors or what are the things that can consider this team as design driven? Or sales driven, or mark, or or not sales driven, or not mm. uh, technology driven, or I don't know what what else. Mm. But how do you consider your team as design driven team? First of all, I don't really understand the question. Uh, meaning, let me explain. Mm. Uh, what does it even mean by design driven? Like, for me, I feel like it's something invented by a bunch of designers who think they are very special kind of human beings, and uh, they thought everyone mm. has to be design driven. Uh, how does actually design driven differ from outcome driven or learning or company or a, or a team like why do you even build products and services like is it to have like mm. great designs or is it that you want to do well in your business with your products so in that sense i don't really understand what it mean by design driven I have seen some individuals uh, represented as having a like with certain maturity models where certain designers are at certain positions to be design driven. I don't know whether that's mm. the right thing to do or not. Um, like, if it are you suggesting that it's something that visual designers invented so they can have a seat in the decision making room in the company? Or I will. I will put that accusation. I, I, I would like to put it out. I would really like to hear, mm-hmm. think, hear what our listeners think, but I would say yes. I think design driven is a term invented by uh, insecure set of designers. And uh, since they want some exposure in the organizations and out there in the world to get some lime, limelight. Mm-hmm. But if you take good product organization like Apple, Facebook, Google, Tesla, are they design driven or are they just Great companies who have great North Star goals and they learn and adapt. Mm. That's a good view. Yeah. But the thing is, I mean, even even Elon Musk is uh, chief designer. Positioning himself as the chief designer. Right? Does he? Yeah. Does he call himself a SpaceX? Yeah, right. He's the, 
Chief He's Design a... Officer, Chief Designer. I, I, I yeah. remember. He keeps that title. I think he loves that mm. title. I don't know how involved he is. Maybe it's an obsession. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> For me, it's in all his companies, he has a C-level something, some design yeah. thing. And I think to answer your question, you were talking about a team. Like, are you as a team achieving your purpose, or is it? It doesn't matter whether you are design-driven or not, as long as you learn and adapt, mm-hmm. and you stay relevant with your user mm. selected user group for market who cares how you get there yeah mm, that's an interesting and conflicting I, point of view <laughs> i know <laughs> and i might that, also uh, conflict people... that in next episode so <laughs> yeah speci- especially coming from a design ops person that's interesting yeah, yeah. i don't know and i think it's it's I, easy to mm, sorry go ahead harshal i i thought it's like it's easy to look at something and label and give opinions, you know, mm. give a name to that, mm. put a hat, mm. put a ring or something. And uh, it's, it, it could be totally different uh, ball game inside. Like, just like you say, uh, Steve Jobs is a guru or he's a magician. And he, it's, it's his design. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's their process. Maybe it's their values, mm. like as it said. So all of us from outside can say, okay, that's design driven, that's engineering driven, this is that's X driven, Y driven. We don't know. Yeah. So teams, if they are doing something right and if they are producing something great, something that is relevant and maybe making money, if that's the goal, then that's yeah. a good team, irrespective of what drives them. I would like to add uh, helping people also to that. <laughs> <laughs> if if that's your mission, so yeah. I would say how fast you. Heads towards North Star goal should be the only yardstick a team should be measured against. It shouldn't be the structure. Mm-hmm. Like some uh, design-driven organization model or scale suggests, like whether you have a chief-level designer or not, it doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is whether you are heading towards your North Star goal or not. Mm. Nice. So I think that's a good good conclusion for the design-driven um, question that we had at the beginning. Is there an app to but if track the notes? <laughs> <laughs> like the ISS tracker. I don't think that's a, that's a conclusion. I think we open a new can of form mm. and we would really love to hear yeah. <laughs> yes. different arguments. So, yeah, so the listeners can uh, tweet and uh, probably we let's create a Facebook page this week so the listeners can also commit. Oh, no. Mm, don't yeah. commit on things we... Might not do. We are really lazy. Even right now, I think I'm really, really lazy to do this. <laughs> so let's go with Twitter. Okay, then. If there is something else you will know, then you can go and comment. Or you can leave a review comment saying that this podcast is horrible and it's teaching things that should yeah. not be uh, let out and they should be get back. That's mm. yeah. more practical, I think. Yeah. I mean, they should have an 80 plus rating. Mm-hmm. Adults and elders should listen to this. <laughs> oh, that, that's that's very okay. uh, that's something we should add. Uh, like take it out and <laughs> yeah. edit. I will be beep it out. Mm. <laughs> You're racist. <laughs> yeah. Beep. Anyway, so let's uh, do. Let's talk about something exciting then. Mm. So, do we have a product of the week this week? Yeah, we have an app today. We the have in action. We have something called Chuck. The movie. <laughs> it's the it's called Chuck. 
um <laughs> not chuck norris it's uh, i don't know why they call it chuck but it's a it's an app that you can use to do what not not taking no no not taking this time it's uh, emails. emails yes <laughs> <laughs> so if you are a person what, who, what is your life harsha what is your life are you just taking notes and sending emails what are you doing yeah. how to take notes and, and why do you like have to change your note taking app every week like what's the point so how would you retrieve retrieval notes which were taken like two weeks back yeah now i'm finding how to export all uh-huh. the notes from 100 different note taking apps and import into one mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but please go back to your product of the week so what yeah you were saying something now this this is for people who have a lot of unread or read emails uh and who has problems with uh, storage maybe gmails free storage is not enough for you this app will help you to organize or maybe delete most of the time um bulk in i mean delete in bulk uh, like in gmail one of the problems is yes you can search using um, you know let's say i say okay give me all the emails of yasit it will list me down and then i have to select all select all in selection and delete and that's too many steps right uh, and if you want to create 5 or 10 gb without spending <laughs> $2 for 100 gb on google storage if you want to delete things faster maybe you've got too many you know uh, spam emails or unrelated things or maybe you want to delete everything your boss sent ever <laughs> uh, this is a good <laughs> app you can just uh, if you connect it to your email account it will give you a different views of your inbox you can say uh group by senders and it will group inbox by senders and you can then sort it out let's say um group by senders and sort on the highest email sender so it will list it down easily one tap delete or maybe one tap do something else make it read or unread like that you you have lot of different types of filtering criteria and sort sorting methods and like within minutes you can clean up your whole inbox it's very very easy I have done it uh, several times when I didn't have money to upgrade <laughs> my storage, uh, and it's a good way of cleaning if you have that obsession of cleaning your inbox. That's the app. It's I called Shark. Why, hmm? I wonder why uh, Gmail has not implemented these features. <laughs> no, you. I think you can do uh, in a way like you can create filters and maybe create uh, filters that auto delete things, but. uh you have to have some your know, non technical knowledge to do that like about how to use mm. filters and then filtering itself is like it's sad in gmail you have to go to settings and mm. go to find filters i don't think like 99% of the normal users or use it only power user thing but this app is like a normal user thing is a normal user mm. friendly app so jake nap must be uh, listening <laughs> he, yeah he, of course just don't get offended because we are talking about like post jknap era in gmail it couldn't mm. have been evolved yeah. like isn't that like a design question would you put all the features out there for every user in your product no way jake i just saved you did i say no, no way i just saved you <laughs> jake i just saved you yeah, yeah. yeah. send me a well, what can he say i have all his books he, he can Five send books. you a free 
free free access to all the future workshops i have already been to his all kind of workshops <laughs> no all the future ones that he's going to do that he has yeah. even not designed Does yet he have a future <laughs> oops yeah. you just one less listener maybe maybe you can co author his next yeah. book as well yeah. i would i wouldn't yeah. share my content with anyone else <laughs> 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 yeah, in a really bad mood mm. today. Maybe. Yeah. What's next? Let's change topic. Let's ruin the whole thing. Let's get to like a really <laughs> yeah. decrease tone. Mm. Yes. Mm. Let's do something uh, different. Okay. Right. Um, so, uh, we all know Envision, right? So Envision is yeah. uh, a design-driven company. Oh, who says? <laughs> who says? You are saying? <laughs> okay. No, I think they are just trying to uh, sell their yeah. products. But uh, mm-hmm. I think maybe uh, one year back, or how long did it was it? Uh, and since they have done this uh, design maturity model, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's almost maybe one year back, or maybe a few months back, they did something called mm-hmm. uh, um, something called a survey. <laughs> no, they did a survey to uh, measure. How mature the organizations around the world are in terms of the design. Mm. So uh, they have involved around two thousand two hundred companies in different um, sizes and in, in different continents in the world. And uh, they have interviewed uh, designers and maybe uh, some other roles. And they have, somehow they have generated a huge number of data. And with that data, they have created a scale that can me- that can uh, measure the maturity of the organizations in terms of design so yeah. i thought of doing something um, different mm-hmm. so i'm going to just uh, first i will uh, tell you how the model looks mm-hmm. like so they have divided uh, organizations into five levels mm-hmm. uh, based on the maturity so number one or the first level is the least mature organization and oh. uh, level five is the uh, highest maturity level mm-hmm. yeah and uh, so now you will hear a lot of clicks and scrolling on my old mouse <laughs> buy a new mouse <laughs> bad design yeah next week product of the yeah. week a mouse buy mighty mouse, mouse. <laughs> apple mighty mouse no clicks yeah. no so, sound yeah okay ready so now i'm going to just uh, just read out what they uh, say about each level and our listeners can imagine like the company that they uh, work for or maybe the the company that comes into their mind first when you hear this so word. company they're going to work so for in future or near future or very soon yes maybe mm-hmm. yeah, very soon maybe tomorrow so the level one is called producers so the le- they are the least mature in design and they are using design to make it look good so uh, there are key activities that they do daily or in their teams is creating wireframes or uh, uh, building interactive prototypes and the, the key benefit that they get out of design is the improvement of the usability of their product maybe slight improvements they want to change the color they want to make it look nice mm. so so if you are not working in that kind of organization it's not bad it's just in the level 1 according to envision we, we don't know whether they you don't have to agree with it just the envision's view that time good that you said that <laughs> Good That's a good I'll disclaimer. <laughs> okay, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this, consider this as just something mm-hmm. fun that mm-hmm. we are doing. Okay, 
so uh, apparently, according to their study, forty-one percent of the companies fall into this category. Yay! <laughs> Yeah, I felt good. Then the level two is called connectors. So mm. the definition of connectors is that their work, their workplace is becoming a workshop. Mm-hmm. Wow! Because of design, so design teams are working together and uh, they are more collaborative, and their processes are uh, defined in a way that collaboration is required. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and their key activities that they do uh, when doing their day-to-day work. Is they hold workshops and they do rapid sketching, and uh, they uh, get input from from different stakeholders fast. And uh, they are using those. This is the one that is very cheesy. They have integrations between designer and developer tools. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now you know mm-hmm. where this is coming mm-hmm. from. It's envision, guys. So it's not my word. So apparently, twenty-one percent of the organizations in their study are falling under this category. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So if you, if the non-designers and designers work together, so and uh, if you are performing these activities, probably it's it's connectors or level two that you that we are talking about. And the level three is called architects. Ooh. And uh, they define this as design is a scalable operation. Uh, probably this sounds like yes, it's area no, no. design no. ops. No? It's a completely nah, different scale. Let's go to that scale in a different. <laughs> we'll do a separate episode about design stops. Design. Okay. Design stops. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, what else about architects? And uh, yeah, architects. Uh, I will just read out exact words because I cannot understand most of it. These <laughs> companies have moved beyond basic participatory design processes mm-hmm. and have shared ownership, role, clarity. Joint accountability with key partners and more documentation of their now more substantial design practices. Mm-hmm. Sounds Ooh, very pro- a lot of documentation. Sounds very professional. Mm. Yes, very architectural. It's like Gartner reports. And key activities that they do, they have daily stand-ups Ooh. in design teams. A wow! Big round, a big round. I am an architect. <laughs> in in, in and they plan and prioritize. Is it in design teams? I think Ooh, wow. even the level one. Okay, this should be a design teams. No, I don't think that this should. I think this this is a like. A, I think it's design. Uh, design it's company level, right? Design standups. Otherwise, even the level one would mm. have standups, right? It's not a maturity level. Everyone in this world have standups. How productive are they? It's a different story. Yeah. <laughs> even I have standups. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Then they have designed briefs and they have written documentation, and uh, their key benefits are they are also focusing on product usability, and uh, not only usability they go that extra step to uh, ensure customer satisfaction. Maybe not in, not only in terms of or through a product, but in different ways. And uh, design drives revenue, hmm. so that's a good thing that I see. So design drives revenue of twenty one percent of the organizations that they. Used in their study, mm-hmm. and level four. So now we are slowly reaching to the uh, top of the ladder. They are called scientists. So this is some somewhat in line with what we have been talking about in this epi- in this uh, in this podcast. So it's about experimentation, and uh, scientists. Um, and level four is defined as hypothesis and experimentation power design. Hmm. So, it's a continuous 
loop of building hypotheses and validating them and doing them as experiments fast as possible. And it says that organizations at this level are masters of data-driven design with sophisticated practices for analytics, blah, 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 blah. So, <laughs> and the key activities that they do is they do a lot of testing. They are data-driven, so they uh, do A-B testing. They, um, they integrate a lot of analytics into their products and measure them and use them to make key design decisions. So, and uh, there are benefits of doing design is, I mean, they have a long list of benefits. Uh, brand equity, time to market, cost savings. There's a lot of business uh, benefits that they are getting out of doing good design, it seems. That's what the core message is. And only 12% of uh, the organizations belong to this category. And uh, the top in the ladder are called visionaries at mm -hmm. level 5. And only 5% of the companies fall into this category. And uh, it says that design is business. Design means business for them. Probably it's a way that Envision is saying that they are in the level 5. Hmm. <laughs> any, any description <laughs> about that? Yeah, it says that these companies are robust in all the dimensions of maturity. Mm -hmm. But what really separates them from the others is design's involvement in strategy. Hmm. Up to now, you and, excite me, uh, but right now, I'm disappointed. Yeah. What else? I always disappoint, Yasit. Apart from incorporating strategy, is there anything else so, that defines? Yeah, only 5% of companies fall under this category. And I'm pretty sure InVision thinks that InVision is one of them. Um, yeah, and everything runs, uh, every, every benefit that they get, they see, they perceive it as the outcome of the design that they do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that is the design maturity model invented by InVision, maybe for InVision. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so now we know that we won't ever get hired by either Apple or InVision. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> A lot of people, I think. Oh, come on. <laughs> now we are losing. <laughs> <laughs> we should stop this podcast immediately yeah. and look for jobs. Yeah. And yeah. then start it. Mm. Yes, do you have anything to enlighten us with? Uh, we have been talking a lot of stupid things this, in this episode. Yes. Enlightenment? I don't books, know. Books. But I read. Books, I read books. a lot. No, I, I, have, I have developed a habit of reading a new book every week. Some are rereads. So I recently reread uh, a very important and close book to me. That's a rework by Jason Fried and David Hanson. It's re, reread, reweek, rework. Oh my God, reread too much. And <laughs> so today I'm gonna re, like really it's gonna be a very important day for me. And I'm but I'm going to struggle to do this review because today I'm going to take a failed attempt to review my Bible, my handbook, my go-to comic, and my feel-down love story. So this is going to be a very nervous attempt to read review a book. So no other book has ever made me happy, fulfilled, simple, maybe shared my story like Jason Fried's rework. Hmm. I would say it, it's mm -hmm. a book everyone in design must read. Not only read, keep a copy in their bedside cupboard, living room, office desk. 
inside their car, inside their backpack, inside their laptop if possible. It's it's a book you to keep with you all the time and it will make your life different. So if you are looking for something on how to turn your business, how to turn your team or even as a designer how to how to design, how to stay sane, read this book. It's a book that will mm-hmm. help you to rethink everything around you, everything you thought that you knew. And it's something uh, you will make, it, it's something that will make you a better human. And uh, Ganji, I think you have already like uh, read the <laughs> book. So I'm really scared. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm practically sure to re- review this book. I'm very nervous. So I'm almost very scared to review this book. I don't know how. It's not a book. Uh, you should read from start to end, and obviously, it's a it's a it's a book you can turn turn into a random page in every morning and get uh, uh, like get the status quo challenged. And every day, I have a habit of reading a super small. So the chapters are really super small. I don't think it, we call them chapters, mm. topics. Uh, mm. In most cases, one or two pages. Uh, you turn into that page. You read something. You get like, oh. I thought that's something totally different. And if you keep thinking about that topic, maybe it will change your uh, change you permanently. It's a habit-changing book. That's why I call it my Bible. And uh, hmm, that's hmm. what I have to say. Hmm. I think the... Do you want me to ease you up a bit? Yep. So uh, the help I need from you, <laughs> I'm going to read uh, at like this that read the random page from the book. Uh, but before that, I would like to like know whether you have a favorite uh, topic out of Jason Reed's book. Yes, I um, I have. Almost all the topics are very interesting and they are, <laughs> they are favorites automatically. But one thing that I uh, really admire, or what I really remember for the rest of my life is uh, the topic of workaholism. Mm-hmm. So, mm. because... Uh, I also considered myself as a uh, workaholist in the beginning of my career, but uh, then somehow I I, um, I I realized that maybe my understanding of workaholism is totally wrong. So in the book, uh, Jason Fried and David Hansen says that uh, workaholics wind up creating more problems than they solve. Mm-hmm. So in in the organization, so in most of the companies, people who work late or people who spend more time in the office in the pre-pandemic era, and uh, the people who are solving problems uh, by uh, working on it with huge teams for months, they are they are celebrated. Mm-hmm. So, but and it looks really bad on the others who are solving the same problem maybe with with uh, with lower number of resources and maybe faster than the person who's doing the same thing as well. So, Jason Fried says that uh, you sometimes, since you are workaholic, you create problems than you solve. You enjoy it. Because you enjoy it, you create problems, you you love chaos. So, that's a that's a mm-hmm. really a nice paragraph for a topic that hit yeah. me really hard. So, I, I remember yeah, I think it. That's mm-hmm. one topic I also really loved out of I don't know how many topics in this book. Maybe close to 50? Maybe 
Yes. Ooh. <laughs> and the message to the listeners again: when you buy the book, just buy the speak book. out loud or tell tell out loud the middle name of David Hanson. Mm. Mm. That's a good challenge. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we did the product of the week, and we did a book review. So where are we now? Shall where we, are we now? That's a good song title. <laughs> Shall we conclude what we have been discussing throughout from the beginning, like mm-hmm. the yeah. impact mm-hmm. or the design-driven yeah. culture? So let's forget about all the organizations. Let's forget about um, the the companies. So as a designer, we are insecure, right? Or as a design as a designers, we are very insecure, as I feel. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not like that. Uh, I design something, and uh, then I know that it will work. You have to, you have to wait, and you have to uh, put it in the hands of a user to see whether it succeeds or not. So until then, you are in a very insecure status, isn't it? Have I, or is it just me? Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. <laughs> so what's the question? <laughs> yeah, it's the a question. Good, good statement, relatable statement, very good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the question is, how do we? Measure the impact of the designs that we do. It can be as teams, it can be as companies, but it can be as individuals as well. So, how do you know that you have made a difference, or how do you know whether you have made a dent in the universe, as Jason Fried says? Mm-hmm. Do you want me to go first? How do you know whether? Yeah, yeah. yeah. How do you know whether it's, <laughs> it's your design, or whether it's something else that has made the difference? Why do we have to measure the impact of design? Like, how does that differ from your normal? Company not star OKRs. When you say like impact of design, I I still get the same feeling. I get the feeling like we are saying as a designer, you care only about the impact of the design, not about the impact of the entire product or the service, mm-hmm. or even the impact of your organization making in the world. It says I care about my design, and I'm happy as long as my design is great. While the rest of the product and the organization outlook can be horrible, um, so for that reason, I think if you want to know whether you are doing the right thing, whether irrespective of whether you are design or not, shouldn't it be against your north star goal or OKR, or at least your value hypothesis? Like, therefore, like if I am to like answer your question, I will answer like a, a different question, uh, which is not a like. The question you want. I'll answer a different question, not the question you ask me. How do you measure whether you are doing the right thing? Maybe mark your assumption, make value hypothesis, make things fast, and learn from data and adjust. It's not just for design. I think it's applicable for anything we do in life. It's it's. Uh... You're going for the impact here, right? Isn't that yeah. we are doing? Like, why do we even design? You're after outcome. So measure, measure make a value rather than waiting for the long-term results. May I mark your assumptions and convert them into value hypothesis and test them and see that whether they are yeah. making your progress. It could be your design, it could be your sales, it could be your back-end engine. It doesn't matter what. It's really cool. As long as you... Yeah. Validate that value of this, and you are delivering a value. I think that's a good product or organization. Yes, hmm. and uh, and sorry I for not answering something. the question. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fine. <laughs> I, I just want to add something more into it to fold you up a bit more. Hmm? Uh, so 
if you if you look at the uh, the reality or, or or the or how the organizations are built or built, sorry, we always face this crisis or the uh, conflict when we want to compare, don't we? Yeah, very true. So how do we compare? Like say that there are two design teams or two designers. You want to compare these two. What are the yardsticks that, as design managers or design managers or design people managers can use? Do we know anything? I I, I really don't know. That's why I'm asking. Uh, there are certain models and certain recommendations by various different organizations, but I don't believe in that. That's like we are, we are comparing. Uh, to different individuals on a intermediate output. Uh, I would say, again, we are in Jason Fried. I think I'm heavily influenced by Jason Fried today. Would Jason Fried agree on something like that? He would say no. What's the point mm. of measuring people? Uh, mm. You should only measure it against the success. And uh, if, if you achieve success, you do it together. If you don't, then uh, you fail together. Uh, not as individuals. So why do we, we even have to compare two designers in two different teams? Is it is it the right thing to do? Isn't it a more socialist approach? Uh, I wouldn't put a label on that. But I would say, no, it's a capitalist extreme. Mm. <laughs> Irrespective of what kind of skills you have, uh, if you are make, not making enough money or mark, if you are a uh, non-for-profit organization, uh, you are screwed. <laughs> if you are making enough money, everyone should get a, uh, let's say, Range Rover parked inside their office next morning. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's a very, that's a very philosophical. There's no thing. need to, yeah. <laughs> no need to answer it in a different way. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we deserve to help any design manager who's listening on how to evaluate, compare hmm. designers, but. Uh, Again, I'm being serious, even though it's, uh, it might sound sarcastic, but I, I would really ask you the question, why do we have to measure your designers? Shouldn't they be designed? The reason we want to evaluate two people is to help them to make progress in their skill set or long-term career goal, if they have a goal. Isn't that a problem that designers themselves need to solve rather than a manager solving? You should be the coach, not the evaluator. That can be a very good... Um Conclusion for our discussion today, I think, regarding the yeah. impact of design and measuring it and what exactly, what the hell is a design-driven culture. <laughs> <laughs> so no rapping today. No. Oh, is there? The rap of the week. Hmm? Chicken rap. <laughs> Shawarma. Ooh, what else? I can't even think of how, how do we? How, how should we end this podcast? I mean, we should have uh, a regular mm-hmm. thing like... Jason Fried quote. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> let's let's find something from the book. Let's, I'm I'm just going. You have to read it out loud. Let's see. Let's see. Pick a fight. Do you want to read that page 140? Okay. 140. <laughs> 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 okay. Page 610. <laughs> There's no 610. Please come on. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm trying to do. Okay. Hmm. Okay. okay. I, I'll I'll close with this one. Uh, mm-hmm. Pass on great people. You want mm-hmm. to listen? Yes. Some companies are addicted to hiring. Some even mm-hmm. hire when they aren't hiring. They all hear about someone great and invent a position or a title just to let them, let them in. They mean. 
they will sit part in a position that doesn't matter doing work that isn't important i can't stop laughing this is all related <laughs> and uh, press you should uh, don't make me beep everything so, <laughs> this is also passed on great people don't touch them if you don't have a need so that's very basic and at the same time it's <laughs> yeah why are you reading very basic basic things don't hire great people <laughs> no this is actually there's something to think yeah, that's a good point and let's tell you guys close with that yeah i think it's Not better yeah, yeah. Ending, but we can close with that <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Bye bye. Bye bye. See you next time.